Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we're going to be looking at why being educated and informed will get you better results. Then I'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Remember, as you hit the subscribe button, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also remember to tune in to our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. Now, this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions. Now, it's inevitable that when the share market falls heavily, we see an increase in the number of people questioning not only the stock market, but their advisors and the products they've chosen to invest in. In the past, when using advisors, investors typically do what I call the dump and run strategy, meaning they had an investment or financial issue, which they dumped on the advisor, and then they ran out the door, preferring not to get too involved in the process. Their expectation at the time was that the financial planner would ensure they get a consistently good return on their money. But when the GFC hit, and that did not occur, investors blamed their advisors, with many believing they could do better with their investments. This resulted in a huge amount of money moving away from traditional superannuation into self-managed super funds. So in this latest market meltdown, have investors really done any better for themselves? Well, over the past few years, there have been many reports indicating that self-managed super funds are worse off than if they had used an industry or retail super fund. The critics cite such things as higher fees and poor returns as to why investors would be better off in traditional superannuation products. In my opinion, however, this argument is flawed and used as a scare tactic, given that investors can and do achieve better returns by investing directly. Further, the fees an investor pays are not necessarily that high, given that many who service the industry offer very competitive rates. Investors are now savvier than 10 years ago, and they understand that markets move up and down. Further, they understand that taking an active approach to managing their investments yields better results than a passive dump-and-run process of the past. That said, they also realise to achieve those better results, it is essential to educate themselves and take an active role. 
To answer the question as to whether investors have done better in the current market conditions, a large number have shared that they are doing well, but by and large these are the educated investors. That said, I'm also hearing from a considerable number of investors who are not doing that great as they are emotional and making poor decisions. Unfortunately, many of these investors are uneducated or ignorant as to how the market or investing works. During volatile times like we're experiencing now and during the GFC meltdown, individual stocks and investments such as managed funds can fall as much as 70%. And while times have changed, people don't. Remember, wealth is the transfer of money from the ignorant to the well-informed, which is why I encourage those investors who want to take an active role in managing their investments to get educated. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, once again, the market was volatile last week and this caused investors continued concern. Although it has traded up and with New Zealand was one of only two major markets moving up for the week. The energy sector led the way up over 12%. That said, the energy sector is still down over 44% for the year. Healthcare is doing well and was up over 8% and consumer discretionary was also up, rising over 6%. Now, industrials has been the worst performer, falling nearly 2% last week. This was followed by communication services and consumer staples, both up over 3%. Now, looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, again, we see that around 20% have risen by close to 10% or more over the week. And this is why the Australian market has fared a little better than others. Now Ansel led the way and was up over 25% for the week. This was followed by JB Hi-Fi up over 19%, followed by Nine Entertainment Group and that was up over 18%. Now although one of the best performers the prior week, Sydney Airport was down over 14%, making it the worst performer last week. Now this is why we keep saying to be careful as the current volatility can catch investors out. The next worst performers were Virgin Money and Unibail, Rodamco, Westfield, both of which were down over 9% for last week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for the week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. As I said a little bit earlier in the report, the Australian market with the New Zealand market was up last week as opposed to most major world markets. So what I want to do today is to show you a little bit about that, about where the, the, our market is tracking and, and how well it did last week compared to world markets. Now, if you have a look on your screen, you might have seen this um, on our YouTube live show that we actually do on Tuesday night. So I think we bring this up every second or third Tuesday of the month. And you can see here last week, this is weekly time frame. The Australian market was up 4.7%. Uh, the um, S&P uh, ASX 200 was up 4.6. New Zealand market was up nearly 4%, so all doing really well. And I think that's probably because Australia and New Zealand are handling this coronavirus situation very, very, very well. And it doesn't seem to be, a, or maybe it's not going to affect our market as much. Now, obviously, whilst we're looking at possibly having two negative quarters of growth, which will put us into a technical recession, I think the speculation about us being a little bit more going into a 1929 depression. I think they're a little bit overdone for, for Australia, especially Australia, I think. I think we're going to bounce pretty hard out of this and I think we'll probably be very good. Right now though, still not the time to be buying into a lot of stocks. It's still a bit of um, speculation at the moment, but you can see there if we look back at the, the 
um, this list of stocks. You can see the DAX was down 1.1% last week. The S&P 500 in the US, that was down 2. Um, you know, Tokyo and Nikkei, the Nikkei is down 8 and 9% last week. Um, where was the Dow? The Dow was down 2.7, as you can see there. But as I said, we're doing quite well. If we now go to the, the, the year or the calendar year, you can see how China's done much, much better than Australia. I know Jim and I talked about that on our US market report. So if you want to see our US market reports, go to that. Um, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago where China's done very, very well. But New Zealand's done great through this whole crisis, down only 13.5% uh, at this point in time. And here's the ASX 200 down 24. But let's go and have a look at the chart of the All Ordinaries Index. Now, if I just bring that up here, you can see here my chart of the All Ordinaries Index. I went the wrong way. Um, you can see here last week as we moved up, uh, we moved up from our open, pushed right up through to here, but uh, at that 5385 points. But we did come back a little bit later in the week, and you can see that what I'm saying is still a little bit of indecision here. Half of the time we're rising and falling, so that was last Friday there. Monday was nice and bullish, but since then we've had sort of a bit of a sideways-ish move. So we've had one bar close, two bar close higher, but we've had one, two, three bars in the last week closed lower. So there's still a little bit of indecision in the Australian market at this point in time when you've got two, two days the market trades up, closes higher, and then three days where it trades uh, or it closes lower, showing that it's not wanting to push up, but technically it's still the up bar that I was expecting. Now, part of the reason why I'm saying one to four bars, because we always do get a bit of a bounce, but how long and how um, deep in time or how much in price and time that it does take take will really share with us how the market will unfold over the coming sort of few months into the into the rest of this year now if it is possible that our market will now fall away it is still very very possible our market will fall away but it's also possible the next couple of weeks will be up as well and I'd like to see a little bit more signs of strength because the current bar or the last week's bar wasn't really a sign of strength even though the market rose up now I know I'm getting people putting posts on our YouTube on the comments and everything saying hey the market's up a few days the market closed higher now's the time to get in has the bottom happened no 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 the bottom has not been confirmed as happening the market isn't bullish right now. It's not rising right now. Yes, it closed a bit higher last week, but we're in the very, very high danger zone still right now. And I've seen people buying into stocks in that buy, buy and pray method is basically buy and hope they're going up because they've been up for a few days. And, and as I said a little bit earlier in my report, you know, we had, um, you know, Sydney airports went up very, very strongly two weeks ago, only to fall away last week. And I'm getting people saying, let's buy Sydney airports. But airports are going to be struggling for years or probably at least months, if not years, to get right back up to speed. And same with airlines, you know, I had people saying to me, I should buy Qantas now because it's fallen so heavily. No is the answer. You really do need to look at this and say, well, just because it's fallen heavily doesn't mean you need to be buying that. And uh, just where the market's going to go, I'll, let's just go back to the chart a little bit. Um, looking at this, you can see here how it's really just come back to its sort of longer term momentum and, and really the, the, it could it fall further? Yes, it could fall further. We could see another 10 to 20% fall on our market. Now, whilst that's the worst case scenario, I think, I don't think it's gonna fall much worse than that, but I do think our market is good. But uh, getting back to the chart that I was just showing you here, I still think maybe we might get a week up here. I would love the close for this week to be above that high of last week. If we can do that, it's a little bit more signs of strength, but it's still not enough to, for me to say, hey, the market is is going bullish. Now, let's get into our questions for the week. 
All right, and the first question that we have today is from Mahmood who asks, Hi Dale, thank you for this great video. I think your advice of being patient in these low prices and seems to be opportunities is the best advice I've had for many years. Um, I would appreciate you if you could shed some light on SGP. SCG and CQE, I think retail and real estate sectors will be heavily affected on this short term. But I think companies with good cash in hand and good balance sheets will be stocks to buy in the long term. What do you think? Uh, real estate, I'm not agreeing with you there, matey. I'm really not agreeing with you on real estate. I think definitely commercial real estate will struggle big time and, and residential real estate. I think it's going to struggle at least in the short term, maybe a bit longer, but um, I don't necessarily like your choices that you've actually had, but thank you for the nice comments. Yes, um, a lot of people are trying to bottom pick. They're trying to catch falling knives to do exactly the opposite of what must, not only myself, but pretty much all experts are out there telling people to be patient, not to catch falling knives. And yet what we're seeing is people do exactly the opposite. And, and it's interesting when um, I've, you probably often heard me say, you know, um, us experts or experts tend to learn a hell of a lot more from the questions that people ask than the people that ask the questions learn from the experts. And the basic reason is, is people ignore the answers and they really don't, they want the answer. We give them the answer. They don't like the answer. So therefore they ignore the answer and therefore they stay in those, um, in that volatile times, they start buying stocks that they're going to lose money on. They'll struggle there. And it really does pay if you've got somebody who knows how to make money just to do what they say. And that's really what I suggest. But let's go and have a look at one of your stocks. I'm not going to cover all three, mate. Um, what I'm going to do is have a look at um, Charter Hall, which is CQE. I think this is the best out of the other, all three of them. The other two I don't like at all. I just don't think they're very, very good at this point in time. This one seems to be, it's a beautiful trending stock. It is beautiful right through up to at August 2019. And it was falling away a lot earlier than what a lot of other stocks have been falling away. Obviously this high, most recent high was early February there on this monthly chart. So there's March, it fell very, very heavily, but it's an infrastructure fund um, and it's a REIT. So I don't mind this one because infrastructure will be something the government's gonna be sending money on as we go, trying to keep employment going, keep things happening. They will be looking at infrastructure projects, bringing them forward to try and get people employed. So I think that's a pretty good wise sort of bet on this sort of stock and you can see our trends very very well it's fallen about let's put on a little bit of um see how far it's fallen here and it's fallen roughly about 60 about 40 percent from that high there so it's looking all right it could be finding some support again like the all orders index a little bit of weakness um, towards the end of the week even though this is a monthly chart that's just one week of data at this point in time so i would like to see it bounce a little bit but that would be my pick out of the three companies that you've actually chosen matey but um, as i said looking at the stocks right now look for something that's going to be more medium to longer term go for the big stocks go for safety um, and don't speculate just because the stock's fallen in price don't think that it's not going to continue to fall away but let's look at the next question this one's from a chocolate monk um, he says hey Dale I'm new, a new subscriber welcome mate thanks very much um, and have been following along for the last few weeks great insightful updates thank you um, I was wondering if there's any reason why you're not analyzing BHP in your live show 
I've been watching it and would be keen if you could share your opinion on this. Now, I did say last week we'd probably handle it on the live show. We cover stocks that you ask us about, not the other way. Quite often we won't tell you stocks or bring up just stocks. We rather answer your questions and look at the stocks that you're looking in because that's where you are right now. That's what you're interested in. So if you ever want us to look at a stock, just tell us and we'll have a look. We, I thought we were going to do it last week because we're looking at the top 20, um, but we didn't get uh, to BHP. But I'll bring that up for you now and we have a good look at that. So let me put my glasses back on again. Um, it's terrible when you get over, over 50 and you need glasses. So BHP, looking at this, this is a great stock. This is going to be one of the best stocks in Australia for a long, long, long time. But you can see here how July last year this stock had a high. It moved back, it retested the high. And this is really what happens quite regularly. And that's why Janine and myself were saying that we'll always get a retest of highs. And generally that's what happens. And then BHP fell away through February. It's holding up in March. It's not, not, not going too bad in terms of uh, holding up here. So from that high, um, it's now down around about 28%. It was down about 43%. BHP's got a habit of falling up to around about 50% of its price. So if you get that price and halve it, BHP has a habit of doing that over many, many years and sometimes even decades. So this would suggest to me that uh, it's probably fallen enough and it's a good trending stock. It is, um, whilst it might sound strange, people are saying to me, why are you thinking BHP and Rio are good stocks or could be good stocks in the medium term if we have an economic downturn? Well, these guys provide raw materials and when you're looking at anything economic meltdown type of situation or recessions, depressions, is the first place you look is where the source is. And what I mean by that is there's always a cause and effect for a market or a stock to move. So what causes BHP to move? It's iron ore prices and the, and the Australian dollar. That's the two things that make it move pretty much. So if you're seeing other companies, so when you're seeing iron ore, what makes iron ore move in price? Well, obviously the demand, if the demand starts to increase in iron ore, it will start soaking up any extra supply of iron ore that's there, and then they're gonna to have to mine more. Um, and so therefore that starts pushing the price up. And so what you're looking at is not just Australia, but you're looking at world because BHP Rio Fortescue supplies iron ore to the world. And so if you start seeing people buying, you know, more washing machines, fridges, things that need um, iron ore to be creating buildings, you know, if you're seeing more buildings, more housing, those sorts of things, that's sort of that cause that uh, makes iron ore prices start to rise. And if that starts to happen, then BHP will rise. If the Aussie dollar um, behaves itself, uh, then also BHP will rise on that. But BHP is looking okay at this point in time. I'm not saying to get in it right now, but it does look okay. But let's have a quick look at Rio while we're at it. I'll just bring that up on your screen right now. A um, little bit, little bit less um, bullish than what BHP is, or a little bit more bearish than what BHP is. You can see again it had a high in July. Uh, last year. It retested that high right up there into January. Again, you can see that big retest. It did fall away from that second high there in January, but it was already falling away. But it's looking more, more solid than BHP. I actually like this a little bit better than BHP. And if we put this little tool on, you'll see why. Um, if I put my tool onto that, you can see it fell around 31% and now it's only down about 17%. So it's holding up better than BHP and it's rising a little bit better than BHP. But just again, be careful because if this market hasn't finished falling, um, BHP and Rio might go with them. I'm not going to look at Fortescue today, but also have a look at that. Um, that was probably, that outstripped BHP and Rio prior to this current meltdown, so um, I wouldn't expect it to bounce as much, but BHP and Rio I do like moving forward. So let's move on to the next um, question that we've got, but thank you for bringing that up. 
This one is from Francesco, who says, Hi, Dale. Uh, awesome video. Thanks, mate. Uh, loved it. Uh, I love the technical analysis of all the individual stocks. I don't do a lot of technical analysis on these charts. I really do keep them very, very light uh, in terms of analysis. That said, I do place it uh, my what I'm looking at and what I'm seeing on the screen. I'm doing that internally, all my technical analysis and seeing uh, price pattern and time. And I do know some people say to me, why do you only just put some price stuff on the chart? Why aren't you looking at everything else and placing that on the chart? Because quite simply is if I started analyzing this stock technically, with everything that I know, it would spin your head completely off your shoulders and uh, you'd be going crazy because there'd be a lot of stuff that I can put on it but and a lot of it would go around your ears and over your head. But I try and keep it light but I do use my knowledge and experience to give that to you in a simple format so that um, even beginners can understand what we're talking about. So that's why I don't do that but um, as I said, I do put a little bit on um, So the, obviously from that he goes on to say, I have just purchased your book. Thank you for that and hope to learn many more investing lessons you will. Um, I'm quite young investor, 17, and have made some mistakes in the past week. That's pretty normal for a 17-year-old. Um, I used to make lots of mistakes when I was 17. Um, with the aim of making money when I thought would be a downfall. Um, on March 23rd, I bought some shares in BBOZ, an inverse ETF, that follows a negative double of the regular X. XJO with the success of the market last week this stock fell drastically I plan to hold it for at least another two months hoping that by this time uh, it was just a dead cat bounce that I can confirm the market has made a recovery uh, my question is whether I should invest more money over the next few weeks when the market does well and my stock does badly to lower my average buy price and hopefully make greater returns in the future. There's a lot of mistakes just in what you've written there about what you're about to do. Um, don't dollar cost average, don't dollar cost average, don't dollar cost average. And I'm getting so many people at this point in time on my YouTube channel making comments saying dollar cost averaging. If you see DCA they've written, that means dollar cost averaging. I don't do it, don't recommend you do it. Don't suggest anybody do it. And I've had people coming back saying, why? I read my book. You'll understand why. Um, obviously, you're buying my book, so that's great. So you will learn it, um, why I talk about it. I've done a lot of research on dollar cost averaging and, and active investors don't do that. Um, if you're a completely passive investor, mm, there might be some argument to it in a bullish market, but not in a bearish market. It's, it's seriously dangerous for you to do that. So I wouldn't do that. You've made a lot of mistakes at this point in time, but you're only 17. But I think there's two things here. One, it's fantastic at 17 you're doing this. I think that's absolutely brilliant that you're getting into the market. But at 17, you don't have a lot of knowledge and you don't have a lot of experience. And so getting into something like you have is fraught with danger because you're trying to pick a bottom and really I'm saying to you I don't know where the bottom is and I'm an expert with well over two decades of experience I've got an idea where it might be but I don't know where it is and if you don't know where it is then you could be taking high risk with your money and you're better off sitting out and learning a hell of a lot, lot rather than trying to bottom pick and trying to uh, increase the amount of mistakes you're making so good time to learn mate very very good time to learn but I really do wish you well um, with your investing into the future but stick with the top 20 stocks for the moment read my book if you got any questions from my book just shoot me an email happy to answer any questions and help you out along the way but thank you for sending your your question in and thanks for everybody who sent their questions in
and also watching till the end of the video so i do appreciate that now if you have any questions you'd like me to answer just stick them below and um, i'll get answering them so you put them in i'll answer them remember that here on this channel we do these market reports every week and we also do a live stream on tuesday night now tomorrow night i believe janine and i will be looking at the australian stock market as one of the things we do taking in-depth view on the charts on the asx so it should be a good one to watch remember to hit the subscribe button now and click the bell on the right of it so you know when we post videos and go live with our, our YouTube live stream. But for now, I'm Dale Gillam. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.